You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. because I have a special guest. Her name is Nancy Volpe Berenger. She is a designer from Philadelphia, and she is currently on season 18, this season of Bravo's Project Runway. How are you? I'm just beyond great. Thanks for having me. Of course. And it's this is definitely a very exciting time for you. I don't know how to put it in words. It's so exciting. Wow. And we all want to know what inspired you to become a fashion designer? Well, I think it's really been something percolating throughout my life. As a young girl, I went to summer school. We all had to get out of the house. And my mother made us sign up for classes at a summer program. So I took a sewing class. I think I was around 12. And I, I fell in love with the art of sewing. Uh but besides that, I had no other formal training, and I uh, actually had my first job at, I think, 13. I put an ad in the paper to do some mending and ironing because I was saving up for a trip to go visit my uncle in uh, Germany, and so that began my career. Uh, and then in high school, I continued uh, sewing for uh, our football games. We had an award-winning uh, city champs football team. And I wore school uniforms, so I didn't get a chance really to dress much. But then once I got into adulthood, you know, the life took over. I was a single parent, so besides Halloween costumes, I really didn't get a chance to sew. However, let's fast forward, and about seven years ago, uh, I had received a promotion the year before, so I was at the pinnacle of my success, a very sought-after promotion, and I realized that my ability to create was dwindling. And for me, that was my oxygen. If I wasn't creating, I found it hard to breathe. And so one night, it was three in the morning, (laughs) and I was thinking of my son. The one was very successful in his job as a uh, president in the world of finance, and the other one had graduated from Berklee College of Music, but because he needed to feed himself as a starving artist, he started teaching himself photography, videography, and I got jealous. I'm like, wow, he's learning so many cool things. And I said, if I was young again, what would I be learning? What would I want to learn? And I said, fashion design. And that changed my life. It's such an inspiring story that you, you know, switch gears and, you know, change is really hard. So um, it's just, you know, really impressive and definitely uh, great for anybody out there, you know, listening in that you can if you have a dream or you want to go back to something, you can always, you know, work towards that. It, goal it was again. A, right. It was a big step because I, you know, I mentioned single parenting, and at that time, you know, uh, I worked three, four jobs. I got my undergrad in education when I was thirty, and so I, I taught, thinking I'd have time with my kids, but realized I wasn't making enough money as a teacher. So I got a lot of part-time jobs. So I was working three, four jobs. So to then finally have that years later, actually decades later, have that job security and at age 58 say, you know what, 
um, I'm just going to finally live my authentic life and have the courage to say, what do you want to be? You know, it's not too late. And I walked away from the security and enrolled in uh, Drexel University in Philadelphia for a three years master's program at age uh, 58. Wow. And I, I could definitely relate to your story. I happened to be in special education and, um, you know, I love what I do and it's very rewarding, but I always say in like 20 years from now, when my kids are all grown up, I could see myself doing something similar to what you're doing, like to make that, you know, jump into the thing that I'm passionate about, which is fashion. So um, it's definitely, uh, that story resonates with me. Right. And the funny thing is, it wasn't something I had always been dreaming of. Like when I gave my notice, the executive director said, is this something you've always wanted to do? And I said, no, I never dared to dream. I was always very practical. And, but once I, again, was honest with myself and I answered that question, I couldn't turn back. I immediately started researching schools and knew I had to do this. Wow. And, and so how would you describe your aesthetic? <laughs> uh, it's, it's anything and everything. Uh, you know, as far as aesthetics and trends, I don't follow trends. Um, aesthetics, it's, for me, is that if you put something on and you feel good that's, and it fits well, then wear it. Uh, it makes you happy, uh, makes you a stronger person, empowers you. So my aesthetics of day-to-day changes. Uh, you know, on a day-to-day in my studio, it's a very comfortable level. Then there's some whimsy, but I like to get dressed up. So um, I don't have any boundaries when it comes to my um, aesthetics. And I know you're known for your your clothes have the wearable art aspect to them. Yes. You know, they're like walking, walking wearable art. Have you always been interested in art and experimenting with it? No. And that's the funny thing is that in every job I created, whether it, even if it was a business plan, a uh, uh, project, leadership programs, I was always creating, creating. <laughs> but I can't really uh, say that I fell in love and have a talent for illustrating. It's just something that my brain doesn't connect to. So I never considered myself um, talented as an artist, except that once I started studying fashion, I realized I am an artist. (laughs) And, I mean, you definitely do have some amazing pieces, like you're, you know, you have an amazing coat. I think it's uh, Dolly-inspired, and um, you incorporate the art into into your pieces. Well, the, the, the dolly coat is very important in my um, journey to doing a lot of wearable art. This, this is how I design. I see a piece of fabric or I create a textile, and that inspires me. So when I saw this panel of Salvador Dolly's image and art, I immediately saw it as a canvas. And in my head, I said, this should be a coat without seams. I didn't want to break up the pattern. So I draped and patterned a coat without side seams or um, back seams so that you are looking at a piece of art. My friend in Florida, Elizabeth, says, you know, if it's on your wall, you see it. If you wear it, the world can see it. And that's how uh, I treat the wearable art that I create. I want everybody to see it. It's truly amazing. And it's interesting that even though you, you're like that you've kind of finally figured out that, you know, you are an artist, even though maybe it's not like in your, in your brain, the conventional way you would think about being an artist, but you definitely are. <laughs> and thank you. And in terms of going back a little bit, what would you say have been some of the challenges 
for you? Leading up to becoming a designer? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think the, the one thing is, you know, people say it's very inspiring what I'm doing. I, for me, we all have our stories and we all have our journeys and milestones and challenges to overcome. Single parenting, of course, was one of them, trying to be a good parent and a provider. Uh, and then um, along the way, I've talked about this before, I've experienced and been a victim of, of adult bullying um, mm. in my workplace and in the job. And I think it's something, unfortunately, I don't want to stereotype, but I found that <clears throat> women don't always support women in the workplace. And I, that's been my personal experience. And instead of helping us rise up, we tend to push people down. And when I say adult bullying, people are surprised like that it exists, but I've done a lot of research and it's adult passive aggressive bullying. And it's in all our lives, whether we realize it or not. When you see, when you talk about somebody behind their back, that's a form of bullying. When you walk in a room and exclude somebody from the conversation or ignore them and try to isolate them, that's bullying. And it might not seem like a big deal, but for the victim, as I was, it's very hurtful and harmful. And what I also discovered was that if, say, if I went in a room and I, there were three other people and then I invited two people to go out and have, uh, grab some coffee and I ignore the other person, that's bullying. But then the two people who agree to go with me, they're bystanders and they're not innocent. They've become part of bullying. Um, the good news is I've researched. I still, it's a, always a work in progress when you've been a victim, but I'm no longer a victim. But there's trigger points. So I'm very, I wear a no hate bracelet because that's how I want to live my life. So that's been a challenge that I've overcome, but that I'm very aware of. Wow. And I mean, I, I, it's, I, I really wish that, you know, thank goodness I haven't experienced that. I mean, I know my daughters have experienced that in school, but that's, you know, they're in high school. Um, and we're only going to succeed if we build each other up. I don't, I, 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 I exactly. wish that wasn't the case. So, but, you know, it's definitely good to be aware of it. And so let's, let's talk a little bit about, about fashion here. Some of yes. the pieces that I love, for example, are your reversible cape that you have in the mm -hmm. black metallic and the silver metallic and your black fringe wrap skirt. So what inspired these pieces? Well, actually what inspired those pieces as well as any piece is always my fabrication. Just like the dolly coat, I saw that metallic fabric at a textile trade show in New York and just by touching it and it's reversible and it was so soft it was it just spoke to me and so I bought some and I took it home and I play with it on the dress form and then I saw how it draped and flowed and it was it said to me it screamed out I want to be a cape and <laughs> I've tried it in another silhouette and it doesn't work it wants to be a cape and when I talk about designing I never realized it but a lot of times I use the word we as if I have a whole team of designers but it's me and the fabric. So that's what inspired the cape. And as far as the fringe, um, I um, get to sell uh, some of my designs at Philadelphia's iconic fashion concept store, Joan Shep. And last year she said, we want some sparkly things for the holiday. So I went out looking for some fabric and I found a variety of the uh, embroidered sparkly fringe. And, but I wanted to make it easy to wear. So these pieces are so much fun. Um, like if say I'm sitting in my yoga pants and a tank top, and if all of a sudden I got a call and said, hey, we got a chance to go out, you know, tonight, all I have to do is wrap that skirt around, it's Velcro, and I throw on this one size fringe top, 
and I'm good to go. So they're just fun pieces that are easy to wear and easy to pack. So it was just um, with that in mind that that's how I designed those two pieces. And the black fringe wrap skirt, is it meant to, because it says that it's see-through, so you could kind of um, play with it and wear it over other like like could you wear it over a pant or like a a long like a a, how would you suggest wearing that i've i've seen it worn multiple ways one is uh, again over just a pair of a slack um i wear them over yoga pants uh tight you could put something color you could put actually a short little skirt under it so then the the lower portion you actually see through it so it's really just a whimsical but uh it takes you from day to night in a really easy and fun way. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really beautiful. And also your organza jacket with the large bell sleeves is yeah. super fabulous. <laughs> so how would you suggest styling that piece? I love that piece, and that's a very popular piece because you can wear it so many different ways. Um, that fabric is something that uh, I've manipulated. That's a lot of what I like to do. I like to create new textiles. So I've taken um, just this organza and I've manipulated it to give it more of a fullness. And I, you know, on my website, you'll see it actually styled different ways. So I, I'm going to actually wear that tonight when I go out. Um, again, I have my yoga pants on now and all I'm going to do is put on that fringe skirt and top and I'm going to put the organza jacket over it. But at the same time, I could have a pair of jeans or a funky pair of pants and with uh, just, and I'll have my sneakers on and put the organza jacket on. So that's what's great about that piece. It can be casual. It, so it could be just really a funky look or it can be a dressed up look. It's, it's so amazing. And, you know, you could, like you said, you could wear it with a little black dress. You could wear it with um, a pop of color underneath. And, I mean, organza, it's probably, uh, is it a hard fabric to work with? Some people say so. I love organza. I, it just speaks to me. Um, organza just allows you to create a lot of shapes and interesting silhouettes. And the thing that's fun about that jacket is that it has a collar that sits on top of it. I used to attach it. I now design it where it's uh, detachable so that you could take the jacket off and you're just left with this really uh, fun uh, organza collar that, again, you put it over a simple black dress. And, and you can wear it where it's more dramatic with the collar turned up or down and you flip it around. And it's really that they're all transformative pieces, again, taking you from a day to night uh, look. So for me, Organza, and, and we're just friends. We get along really well. It, and it's true that nowadays people are looking to get more use, more versatility out of their clothing. So I think that that's, it's amazing that all your pieces have that functionality where you could, you know, flip it over, you could, you know, mix and match and wear it with different things in your closet and create new outfits. So that's definitely something exciting. Thank you. And you are definitely fearless. I was blown away <laughs> by your design for recently for Tiara Wack for the Grammys. Um, it was this multicolor faux fur coat with a sheath gown underneath. So how did that design come about? Uh, I'm really proud of the, uh, the story of how that coat was designed. Um, I feel really blessed that I'm getting to do this at my age. I'm 64 years old. 
I graduated just, you know, three and a half years ago. And so for me, when I define myself as a successful designer, I'm not quite making the money to sustain myself yet. However, I feel I'm successful and that I'm reaching my goal to be a relevant designer. And for me, that means being able to use my fashion to give back to the community, organizations that empower women, help disadvantaged children. So that coat was actually designed for a charity fashion show. It was for a group um, for women with substance abuse disorders. And the fashion show uh, had their journey of recovery from dark to white to neutral to bright. And the two young girls that were putting the show on said, we need more bright pieces. And they saw the faux fur. I had it trimmed on a jacket as a test. And, and I said, if you like that, I need another piece, though, for the show. I said, I can make a cape. And they said, no, make one of your big coats. So I made the coat as a finale piece for this charity event. And then afterwards, I put it into, it went in the window of Joan Shep, the store in Philadelphia. And then Tiara was looking for a, a something for the billboard. This is before she was nominated. And she came in and they had a rack pulled. She saw the coat and said, that's it. So the store contacted me. I had not, wasn't familiar with Tiara at the time. And I read about her and was so inspired by her journey and authenticity as an artist. We immediately started messaging each other. I invited her to my studio and I teased her because, you know, the coat was, you know, fairly expensive for an up and coming artist. I said, don't worry, the next one's on me. (laughs) She calls me a week later and she said, oh, I've been nominated for a Grammy. I said, well, come on over. And she came and it was such a profound moment. She got out of the car. We start walking towards each other and the energy of us connecting and that's how it went the entire time uh, of, of us getting together. And that's what I'm proud of. As a designer, you know, somebody who does couture pieces, you know, many designers fantasize about being on the red carpet. And of course I did. But what I took away from that experience with Tiara was the trust that she had in me. This is an artist who walked away from her rising fame as a, uh, in high school, the freestyle rapper, went to her grandmother's for years, few years, to just develop her craft, her art. And so here's somebody, a really important moment in her life, the Grammy red carpet, and she trusts me for her look. And the look went viral. And it wasn't because of the coat. It was because of Tiara. Tiara was authentic. She had her hair, her makeup, her, her whole essence walking that red carpet. And I will forever be grateful. Um, when I was out in L.A., because I did go to L.A. to finish the uh, look, I went to hear her perform at uh, a small venue. And I look around and I want, wow, I'm the oldest in the room designing for the coolest person in the room. Um, so thank you, Tiara. Thank you for your trust and your love. Yeah. And I think that, um, that's the ultimate, uh, reward to see someone be able to express themselves the way that she did through your work. So, yeah. And now also, I'm just curious to know, you had mentioned the charities that, uh, some of them that you're involved in. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, sure. I mean, I've been involved um, at, since I graduated, right out of the, uh, within months of graduating, I got to work with uh, Southeast by Southeast. They had a grant for refugee women's textile initiative. So I actually helped mentor and train uh, refugees uh, 
in sewing. We do ice dyeing, just helping them be able to create pieces to be able to sell on their past, you know, to be independent and on their path to citizenship. So that was so rewarding um, to be able to do that. And I worked with uh, Women Organized Against Rape, uh, highly involved with the Salvation Army's Garbage Bag Gala, uh, Suicide Prevention, um, the charter school, Penn School, um, developed the whole thing for an avant-garde opera. Uh, it, it's just, it's hard for me to say no when it's for a good cause. Uh, it's, it's, again, as I said before, that's how I define me being a relevant designer. And now you're one of the contestants on season 18 of Project Runway, which is currently airing. So yes. without giving too much away, how would you describe your experience? I think if you watch the first episode, you'll see how I felt about being on Project Runway. I couldn't stop smiling. Even in that stressful environment of having to do a challenge, I was all, I, I saw myself, I was genuinely happy. For me, being on Project Runway was, uh, it's still, I, I still can't believe it because when I first watched it I was just uh, turning 50 and I remember seeing it watching it with my mother and I fell in love with the show immediately and there was a small part of me that said you know you love to sew what if like what if you had studied fashion what if you had done this you could have been on this show so I think that seed was planted in the back of my mind how that was a fantasy that I never dared tell told anyone I did I was just like I would never admit to that but when I went to fashion school, it got stronger and stronger. So I knew when I graduated, as silly as it might sound, with a little bit of experience, I had to apply. So when I got on with this three years experience, I, I believe it, I, and, and just in awe of the other designers, just in awe of the talent of the designers. Well, I could definitely sense your calming presence. I mean, I'm an avid watcher of <laughs> Project Runway, never miss an episode, and I can definitely tell you just seem to have your head on your shoulders, and not to say that you're like the mother hen, but I just felt like, you know, everyone's running around, ah, we don't know what to do, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to do my thing, I'm going to bang away with my hammer, and... And so, well, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, no, there's, you know, I, 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 I did my running too. It's what I found in my, in the workplace, because I let, I've led a lot of major projects. I mean, I led projects that took five years in the making, ended up at a uh, theatrical production, 2000 person, 150 celebration. I've done a lot of things. As it gets crazier, I can tend to get calmer. However, there's, we all had our moments. It was a most difficult, stressful environment. Um, and to be able to create, I'm, I'm so much more impressed with anyone who's been on that show and uh, to see what they've uh, been able to accomplish in that environment. So I might have looked calm, but trust me, the heart was racing and I did my share of running. I'm always curious to know how designers are able to get so creative in such a limited amount of time. I'm just amazed at how you do it. I have to tell you, I'm still amazed. I'm watching the episodes, and I said, how did I do that? Because, again, with just a few years' experience, I'm not the fastest designer, and my process doesn't lend itself to that format. I, As I said, I don't sketch for my designs. I go and I explore. I touch. I feel fabric. I play with fabric. I have this whole process, and then I create the garment. 
so for me to have to do it in a different way, that was the challenge for me. Uh, but I would look at that runway and watch every look go down. And I, I would have been a horrible judge because I don't think I could send anybody home because I saw the effort. And yes, there might have been a, an, an issue, but I saw the, the effort that went into it. I knew the intent. I knew with another hour, a couple hours, what it could have been come. Um, so I, I'm watching a show myself, just like you, wondering how did they do it? Like, how did I do it? I don't know. I think it must have been just adrenaline took over. And or somebody invaded my body and did it for me. Oh my gosh! I mean, even your your uh, shredded top that you designed for the cat yes. the urban jungle episode. Um, you know that was just insanely cool. What? How did you decide? What made you go for the the shredded look? I that came to me. I that was one of my favorite moments because when we watched the cat trailer. And um, I've shredded a jacket before. I took a course. Actually, in preparing for Project Runaway, I was always taking classes. Um, little did I know that that's really what was motivating me. But I took a course in London at Central St. Martin's, the top fashion school, a couple summers ago. And uh, that's one of the techniques I was playing around with there. So as soon as I saw the cats, and I'm thinking of them out in the street and clawing, it came to me. Um, and because it was a two-day challenge, I took the risk of saying I'd have enough time to create the textile because I had to quilt all these seven layers together before I start shredding it. And I also knew I was taking a risk because if you ever watch Brandon as he's judging, he tilts his head because he wants to see if there's a thread hanging, right, or if the hem is finished. So not only this is the second challenge, they haven't met me. I'm taking a garment that I've put together. I am shredding it. I'm ripping a sleeve off, half off. And But that was that's the beauty um, that I felt that I had to be my authentic self. Whether or not it was safe or it got eliminated, I was there to be. I'm living my life honestly now with um, uh, with being authentic, and I have to do, uh, design that way. So no matter what the challenge was, I always had to just do me. Yes, and I think you can definitely see there's a, a common thread throughout your design. So is there a woman that you design for? Like, do you have a woman in uh, mind? That's another interesting thing about my process because that question we get asked a lot, like who's the woman you design for? And I don't design for a woman. That's never in my head unless it's a particular client and I'm doing custom work. When I'm designing, again, it's me and the fabric, what it wants to become. But for, it doesn't matter the person's size, height, age, male, female, non-gender, sexual. It doesn't matter. If I make something and you want to put it on and it feels good, that's the person I design for. I don't have an image in my head. Um, I really, when I say all-inclusive, that's um, from, from the heart and soul of, of my process. It wasn't, in, it wasn't something that I set out to do. It is just who I am and wanting to be all-inclusive. And going back to the, the shredded, I, I think that, you know, you were saying, like, you know, you were worried that it would look, like, unfinished or... I think I think that what was great about it is that it it 
it was purposeful. You know what I'm saying? That it, it wasn't like you just, you know, left the hem hanging down and that was, you know, an accident and it didn't go with the whole look. That was that distress, you know, shredded. That was part of your design. So and, was, and the other thing, it, I, I was inspired by the cats, but also the shredding and uh, was about how we're tearing each other down in society and, sh- and shredding each other. And so it really had a deeper meaning that I didn't have to talk about. But when I got my model card and saw that it was Dee Dee, I was so excited that I got them. Uh, Dee Dee is a gender neutral, non-binary model making history, just like I'm making history as the oldest ever. And the universe brought me Dee Dee. And Dee Dee was the perfect person to walk in that shredded look because just like I've been bullied and, and knocked down, I'm sure Dee Dee uh, has had some uh, her, of their own experiences. So thank you, Universe, because Dee Dee and I were perfect together. And I was honored uh, to have Dee Dee uh, walk that look. And it's great that you can, you know, you have that outlet and you kind of also are able to just, you know, shed some light on part of what you've experienced. And hopefully people can learn from that for the future. So that is amazing. And in terms of, I recently saw the, uh, unconventional challenge, which you did the the dress and the cape. So how how did how did that experience go for you? This has created such a buzz because you know, of course, you know, you're on social media and and you, there's a lot of great Facebook fan pages, and everybody wants to know about the cape and the dress. And it actually wasn't a cape; it was a coat. Um, but you just didn't get to see it. Uh, I, I guess we unveiled the uh, lit possible um, a minute or two too soon, and you never saw that it was actually a coat. And uh, everybody said, you know, because they saw me smashing things away, and they wanted to know what I did. But um, again, that is me listening to the fabric or the material. And when I it was commented that I did the unconventional materials in an in an unconventional way, I uh, they were all. Every material in that house was unconventional for making a garment, Uh, whether it was a pillowcase that you had to take apart to make a dress. They were all unconventional, but it was a little different than in previous years. I couldn't wait to do unconventional because I love working with unconventional materials. I make garments out of trash bags. But the materials I ended up with were so sophisticated and pretty. I kind of, after experimenting, I smashed some ornaments, and I'm like, this is not speaking to me. I started to deconstruct this gorgeous ribbon, and I looked at the clock, and I'm like, why am I taking apart something that's already beautiful, and I won't have the time to do it, and then what's it going to become? I, so I had to move past the traditional way of doing this unconventional challenge that I watched for years and years because it, it didn't make sense to be deconstructing things. So I had to really, I almost considered it like upcycling the materials. So I took the, the tree skirt and I had to actually pattern and make sure I could do this pattern, a coat out of it and cut it apart, put sleeves in the collar, put um, the, the trim on it to match the dress. And then the dress was out of the, the ribbon. And I actually made two versions because it looked easy, but to match it and then to not have it fall off grain and get wonky, it was really challenging to look like it was so easy to do. And then I smashed up a lot of the um, tree branch um, stands, and sometimes they would break when I almost was done. So I did, did a lot of experimenting, but I edit a lot of things out of it to finish with this sophisticated look. 
And you said the, the, the coat was made out of the, what was it? The tree? Tree skirt. The tree skirt. So it, it looked like a cape, but it actually, I cut the tree skirt up. Um, I laid it out. I, I made a pattern to see if I had enough of the skirt to be able to cut it apart, make the sleeves, and then um, transform it into a coat. It was a big swing coat with bell sleeves. So it was a make-it-work moment, basically. Sure it was, because you had to embrace the materials, and that's what I ended up doing. I, I, I had to be true to myself, true to the materials I got, and so it, it looked like an effortless thing, um, but it actually was very complex to, um, to, to do. So what do you think about the current trend geared towards more modest fashion? Um, as I said before, I don't really follow trends, and I don't think there is just one trend. So modest fashion for those people that are interested in it, that's great. But if you want to wear something short, long, full, body-shaped, I think anything goes in fashion. Um, what I love about fashion is it's your ability to express yourself. It's, a, it's, a, it's your ability to tell a story of who you are and how you feel on a particular day. Like I said, if you look at my designs, they don't fit in one box. It's not like it's wear, um, ready-to-wear sportswear or it's evening wear. It's anything and everything. And um, that's what the beauty, I think, of today's fashion. Uh, and so I, I don't even call it trends. It's just a way that we're all getting to express our unique selves. Yeah, and I mean, I just asked that question because, you know, I – I, uh, you know, I'm an Orthodox Jew, and so I need to, um, I adhere to, you know, certain modest uh, guidelines for for clothing. Um, And, but what I do appreciate is that nowadays there there is more out there that, you know, I can wear that's so fashionable, but at the same time modest. I appreciate the fact that, you know, the fashion world is becoming more inclusive. Um, Absolutely. I think that's what was great about asthma being on the show. And I wish we could have seen more of her work because um, I actually shared the uh, premier watch party with her. Uh, She lives in Atlanta, but she's from Philadelphia. And uh, her pieces are amazing. So I would, I would um, suggest people interested and in modest fashion to uh, check, out, uh, check out uh, her work because she does really very current, uh, wonderful uh, design. So you come from a background in education and you made this career switch. What advice would you give others out there that want to pursue a career in fashion? Well, I, I taught for five years, and I worked for an education nonprofit um, organization to advocate for teachers and school employees, but I've had other jobs um, and careers. And, and it's, it's easy for me to say, just go do it, like just follow your dreams. But there's also the practicality of, you know, you need to support yourself. Uh, so I, I don't say that um, without much thought. Uh, but be open. Be open to um, change. I love change. Some people are afraid of change. Uh, find a support system. I have a great support system. My husband, we will be married 10 years. Best, uh, biggest fan ever. Um, I have, I, surround yourself with people to support yourself. And it's going to take a lot of work. I work 
seven days a week, a minimum of like, well, the 12 hour day is an easy day for me, typically maybe 15. But through that, like when I graduated from um, school three and a half years ago, I was in physical therapy for two years. Like I'm older, I might feel young and I have a lot of energy, but my body's also saying, hey, you're getting a little older. So I've developed arthritis. I wake up every morning in pain. Uh, but my designing has been a gift for me because the more I move, the better I feel. Uh, so even with physical limitations, it, it changes the way I might do something, which hence you might see me use those electric scissors a little more than somebody else, but I find a way around it. So don't just um, let a roadblock stop you from, again, not just being a dream, but being an authentic person. And I think that's why I look so happy. In all my photos, I've noticed, I'm not just smiling, I'm laughing. Like if you look at my Instagram, there's most photos, I'm like half laughing because I'm just joyful. And I wake up every day feeling blessed and uh, so grateful that I don't know why me, I don't know why I'm getting to do this and have this fantasy come true, but I don't take it granted for a second. So what are your goals for the future as a designer? Well, being a fashion designer is not something I want to do. I've discovered it's something I need to do. Um, I see a lot of clips of me talking about what's in my brain. It's true. Things come in my brain, and I've got to get it out. And it's just a need. So I have to keep designing. Um, I love to design. Uh, again, being creative is my oxygen. I want to continue being a relevant designer, giving back. I want people to enjoy my wearable art. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to expand, expand my brand. Again, the show gives you a global market. Be sustainable financially. And again, being able to use my fashion to support and, and help um, inspire others. Well. Thank you so much, Nancy, for joining us. I so much appreciate you sharing your creative process and, um, you know, just the things that inspire you. And I think you're definitely, uh, you know, relatable, inspiring for so many people out there. And <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens next on Project Runway. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. As my son said, when I first showed up um, on in New York, I opened my suitcase and there was a note from my one son. And he said how proud he was. He said, Mom, no matter what happened, you, you're successful. You made it. You're on the show. And that's how I feel right now. No matter what happens, I want everybody to know that I feel so proud and happy to have been part of this uh, season 18. So uh, thanks, and I want to thank everybody for their support. It's been overwhelming, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great, great day. Thank you.
Stop, no, 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 yeah, yeah, 